Hey everyone, before we get into this week's episode, just want to let you know that our sponsor Jim Lauderdale has a brand new album and it is out now. It is called From Another World. Who is Jim Lauderdale? He is a two-time Grammy award-winning singer and master songwriter who has created a truly unique body of work spanning more than 30 albums of roots music, encompassing country, bluegrass, soul, R&B and rock. And, as such, has helped to pave the way for the current Americana movement. He has released at least one, and sometimes as many as three records, every year since 1998. So you know that he is a true songwriter's songwriter. He's worked with the likes of Patti Loveless, George Jones, and the Dixie Chicks. He's recorded with members of the bands of Elvis Presley and Graham Parsons. He's worked with Elvis Costello and Buddy Miller and a million other people. He is one of the most prolific songwriters alive today, and he has a brand new album of all new material, and it is out now. It's called From Another world and we are very very excited to have Jim via the good folks at Pots Entertainment sponsoring this week's episode so make sure you go out and you stream slash purchase slash beg borrow steal make sure that you are across Jim's brand new studio album from another world enjoy this week's episode this episode of all my friends are in bar bands was recorded on the land of the Gadigal Wongal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. What's up everybody, David James Young here, back with you for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. We are at episode 131, can you believe it? It seemed like only yesterday we were at episode 31, and <laughs> look at us now baby. Uh, we have a wonderful guest this week, I am very excited to share this one with you. It is with Mr. Gab Strum, aka Japanese Wallpaper. Gab initially came to Australian attention as the winner of Unearthed High a few years back, and uh, has gone on to be one of the country's most celebrated and acclaimed electronic producers, uh, going from just making music in his bedroom to selling out shows all across the country and getting international interest and, yeah, getting to make hits with people like All Day and now Cry Club as well. He is one of the most sought-after producers in the country and I got a little sliver of time with the man himself back in February while he was on tour supporting Lily Allen. Massive thanks to Gab for taking the time to chat to me for this podcast. It was really, really fun, and I am super excited, as I as I always am, to be sharing this with you today. Won't leave you too much longer. Just want to let you know, just on the off chance that you are interested in supporting this podcast One way or another, if you like what you hear, then there are a couple of avenues in which you can do so. You can rate and review 
uh, over on Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. We're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever app you are using, if you type in Barbands, you will know where to find us. If you have any friends that might be interested in what we're doing over here, maybe you have a friend that really likes Japanese wallpaper and wants to know a little more about Gab's backstory, then send them our way. We would love for them to check this out. Out. And if you would like to go above and beyond and keep the lights on over at Barbands HQ and support Australian music content creation, then you can do so by supporting me on Patreon. I don't just do this podcast, I also do a podcast called Hottest 100s and Thousands. I'm a freelance music journalist and uh, I'm a musician as well. I have a lot of various creative endeavors and every little bit uh, going towards helping me to. Uh, pursue all of those uh, is really, really appreciated. So, uh, yeah, if you are interested in donating a little bit of money per month and getting access to bonus content and columns, etc., that are that I'll be working on and various uh, other projects in development at any given time, then you can do so by heading over to Patreon.com/slash David James Young. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash David James Young. If you want to get in touch, you can do so. Barbandspod at gmail.com. B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. We're also on Twitter and Facebook at Barbandspod. And all my friends are in Barbands.com. All right, folks, enough fooling around. Let's get into it right now. This is All My Friends Are In Barbands, episode 131, with my friend, Japanese... Today, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Japanese Wallpaper. Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. That's good. It's Tuesday afternoon with the Duke in Newtown, uh, and Gab is here, uh, casually supporting, uh, what was the name again? Lily <laughs> Allen? Al- 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 Am yeah. I saying that right? Yeah, you got I it. I don't know if it's a harder soft L. Uh, oh. uh, no, I'm, I'm, I've never heard of her, but apparently the Yeah, kids, me neither. The kids have, love it. Yeah, apparently the kids love it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. How the hell did this happen? Let's. I have <laughs> let's get no idea. Honestly, it's like one of those like crazy, like that kind of level of like pop star fame stuff is like not something that I've had much experience with being around or anything like that. Obviously, but yeah. she seems really lovely. I love her records. It's such a dream to be on this tour. Yeah, I'm stoked. So you did the first show last night. Yeah. How'd it go? It was really fun. I'm never really sure what to expect from like support shows and crowds and stuff, but they seemed really receptive and really warm and like we had a really good time. Excellent. Yeah. 
And have you uh, interacted with the Lady of the Hour yet? Not yet. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Keeping you, keeping you pretty separate. Well, I guess it's like we got different dressing rooms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully it'll happen one day. She seems awesome. Yeah. I'd really like to meet her. Maybe tonight's the night. We'll Maybe. See. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So, Gab, you and I first interacted over Twitter, I believe. Probably. That yeah. sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. Now, I feel like an asshole because I don't think I'd actually heard your music before you followed me on Twitter. Oh, that's okay. That's not an asshole. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, wow, okay. What's, what's the story here? And then, yeah, I heard a bunch of stuff that you were working on. I was just like, oh, okay, sweet. Oh, cool. Excellent. Like, um, how, how is Twitter for you? Because, like... It goes from people being like, oh, you know, it's like this huge thing that's really helped my career to people being like, it is a garbage fire, which it never existed. <laughs> I kind of fluctuate between the two quite um, extremely. I don't really know how much of it to take seriously and often, like, I feel like sometimes there can be a little bit of a, like, uh, like mob mentality about, like certain people or certain things which I kind of like struggle with a little bit but at the same time like it's pretty funny and yeah, <laughs> yeah I mostly like it yeah. <laughs> um yeah didn't you once interact with Lily Allen on Twitter is this how this all came about? I think so I think um I just like tweeted about that I liked her song or something and then yeah. she just like saw it and thought that was cool of I, yeah, I, I don't really know. It seems like she spends a bit a bunch of time on Twitter. Yeah. But we, yeah, there was like one just like very brief interaction and then I think she said something on Triple J about like wanting to work together or something, but I guess, I guess I'll find out. Like if any, yeah, if there was ever a time to find that out, it's like right now. I think so, I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> So I begin to just make tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something that maybe you're watching on TV, listening to on the radio, or that sort of stuff, to being like, this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, learn how to be a musician. I want to perform. Mm. I want to be an. I want to be an artist in one way, shape, or form. Like, uh, I guess like that was never really a decision that I made. Like on two counts, I guess the first one is that like um, my amazing mom decided that when I was four years old I should start learning the piano uh, yes. so I kind of piano yeah I kind of started learning to play at the same time that I was like learning to speak English you know so yeah, wow. <laughs> um, I feel like being a musician and like having that as like part of my life has just been something that I've been lucky enough to have always known and it's felt quite like innate and like fluent to me and then I guess on the other hand like or like the other decision that I didn't get to make about being a musician was like on a tie and just like putting some music on the internet to show my friends and like just see what what was going on and without really ever thinking too much about it or like having much like agency I say this like I'm complaining about it which I'm totally not but it just like I won the Triple J on a tie thing when I was like 16 and that was just kind of another thing where it was like straight away like here you go like now like here's your time to learn how to be a performing musician in front of like the whole country that is watching you yeah, no, pressure. <laughs> no pressure don't fuck it up <laughs> yeah but it's interesting like I feel like now the last kind of year has been the first time where I've really felt like I've been able to do things with intent and really um 
I guess after my first EP came out and I toured that a bunch, I got to... I just kind of decided that I was going to, like, not rush myself to do the next thing and instead, like, kind of spend a couple years maybe, like, informed by, like, the crazy imposter syndrome that I was feeling or just also, like, wanting to actually know how to do the thing that everyone told me I knew how to do and I just, like... Um, set up a little studio space and just spent like a while just like actually learning how to make records and write songs and um, getting to a point where I was like I mean I guess I'm never really like no one's ever really confident about it but I at least felt like I knew how to do the thing and like now I'm yeah it feels a lot less like it's happening to me now as something as opposed to like something that I'm choosing for myself and that I can actually do yeah yeah I grew up in, in Melbourne, uh, in like Elstonwick. Right, of, yeah. yeah. So pretty close to like a, the music scene community? Yeah, pretty close to the music scene, although never really super engaged with it. I never really felt, I mean, I still don't really feel like a part of the Melbourne music scene, you know, like I've never played a show at the Tote. I don't really, yeah, <laughs> it's not really, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of my favorite bands like have come from that scene and yeah. I really love a lot of people there but I or maybe like Melbourne had its pop moment when the like second cut copy album came out or something yeah. like it's kind of like on a bit of a different wavelength to like the stuff that I feel like I care about at the moment so you've always just kind of stuck around that sort of yeah that's kind of been that was like where I grew up and like my studio now is not too far from there and I actually really love being like south of the river and all of that stuff. Yeah. It's like a really nice place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you have any like musical projects or bands or anything like that before? Like, no, it was my first one. Yeah, right. Um, I guess being a solo project, you kind of have the luxury to like call whatever music you're making at that point. Like, I feel like maybe like. Japanese wallpaper could have been like two or three different projects like the first like the the first kind of music that I was making was quite ambient like so I guess like it was kind of in the same realm as like Boards of Canada and like yeah, that right. kind of stuff and then the first EP that I actually put out was a little bit more kind of like uh, actually like was like songs rather than just like ambient soundscape kind of stuff and then the stuff I'm kind of more interested in now is like a little bit more um, like band focused and like yeah. um, there's just like a, a different vibe again so I feel like yeah it could have been like three three different bands or different projects but being like a solo thing and just like loosely just being like my output like yeah, yeah. yeah that's just kind of been my thing forever yeah <laughs> when was the first time you played live? the first time I played live was it was at this little festival in, like, regional Victoria at the end of, like, 2014. I played at 11 a.m. on the Sunday morning. I'd already had music out by then, so... Yeah, I get... Often I get really jealous of bands, like... Rock bands that get to play 100 shows before anyone, like, cares about them. And I guess, like, that in itself is a whole other challenge to work through. And obviously, like, the whole, like, grass is greener thing. But I, I didn't get the opportunity to like play live before people knew who I was or knew about the music or like had a certain expectation of what the live show might be so what do you remember about going out there and doing it for the first 
I was really nervous. Yeah. I didn't really have much experience being on stage in front of people before, and I just felt like completely just like out of my comfort zone and like yeah I, I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> um, and also I guess like performing electronic music live is like you know like uh, that as like an endeavor at all is like still kind of in its like earliest stages I think mm. and like but especially as like a 16 year old with a really rudimentary knowledge of Ableton it wasn't like it wasn't the best show I've ever done <laughs> oh, sure. I, um, I, I also remember I mean I've since learned that there's, like, a few more kind of, like, sophisticated and, like, foolproof ways of doing this, but at the time I was just, like, plugging the aux cord into my laptop as a means of, like, getting music from my computer onto the front of house speakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I got a Skype call halfway through the set, and <laughs> that, like, really obnoxiously loud ringtone, like, went through. Everyone had it. And it was really embarrassing. Um, so that's you just pretend it was part of the set. Part of the set, true. Like <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like maybe like a year before like um, that UV Boy record came out, which sampled like the oh, iPhone yeah, ringtone yeah, yeah. a bunch. I was like, <laughs> and that could it be my thing? <laughs> but that's what I remember about the first show. It definitely yeah. wasn't my finest moment. No, sure. um, it never is. Never is. You, you never peak on the yeah. Show. I'm so glad. <laughs> How do you feel like uh, you've developed as a performer since then? Like, uh, obviously you've got a lot more kind of know-how and experience, but do you feel like you're a lot more engaged in terms of, like, the performance that you're giving, not just, you know, hiding behind, like, a laptop or, like, Ableton or whatever have you? I think so. I think it's kind of been a long journey, and I definitely still have a long way to go. But... I mean, between then and now, I kind of started singing in my live show. I kind of have been trying to, like, remove the, like, engagement with the laptop side of it as much as I can. So it's not the kind of, like, producer playing live where it's just, like, drumsticks on the, like, sample pad the whole time thing. Like, um, which, not to knock anyone that does that, and I, like, a lot of people that do that have really engaging shows. But I guess, like, the record that I just finished making... Um, has kind of informed the way that the live show works now, which is basically just like a four-piece band with a backing track, and it's like... Yeah, right. Um, so drums, two guitars, bass, keys. Oh, like, there's four of us that play a lot of instruments. And, yeah, nice. Um, it's a lot of fun. I feel like I... I mean, I'm probably not the right personality type to be a front person like I get so scared anytime someone wants to put a camera in my face I get really like I'm petrified of like public speaking all of that stuff so I mean I feel like we've done enough shows now where I feel okay with like being on stage and I'm not filled with dread every time I perform but I guess now that I'm kind of at that like neutral level my next thing that I need to figure out is like how to actually be like now that I know that I can do it uh, it's just like time to get comfortable basically yeah which is like another thing I'm always so jealous of which is another classic like I'm sure everyone that's like in that world does not want to or like I'm sure there's so many downsides to this as well but like mm. overseas bands that get to go on tour for like six months yeah. and just play like five shows a week and just like practice and get really good at it mm. I feel like Australian bands um, or at least Australian bands at, at the point that I'm at, which is to say not very far along, don't really get the opportunity to 
do those kinds of tours and like just like have that much um, or just like get really good in that kind of way um, and obviously like some people just kind of have it or like they there are other ways of getting there but I've always felt like the couple overseas tours that we've done where that has been the case I feel myself just getting so much better just because you get to do it a lot yeah I think that's kind of the next step for me in the live sense when was your first tour? Uh, my first tour was I think maybe 2015 okay we did it, it was like the craziest like we did like five Northcote social clubs yeah, five wow. Newtown social like it was like just the best possible like reception headlining tour tour. Um, Montaigne was opening for us like it was like yeah it was a really special time that was really kind of pivotal for me as well in the sense that like when you're like a shy teenager making music in your bedroom with headphones on like and like the whole way that people engage with it is or the whole way that people who like it engage with you is online like you don't none of it really feels real until you like go on tour and then it's like shit there's like you know 400 people standing in front of me every night that are here because they like the songs and they want to like know more basically so um that was really special to realize that like music actually or like obviously music affects people but like the music that you make like affects people is like that's pretty cool I can imagine it would have been fucking daunting though. yeah like doing like a run of sold out shows as your first ever that's baptism by fire absolutely and like I was also like in year 11 like I would like do oh, sound check so I'd sit in the green room doing like homework then I'd play the show then I'd go to school the next morning oh my God. it was like a real I mean now that I know that I can do that I can do anything you know? yeah. <laughs> like, like we were taking like 5am flights so that I would get back to Melbourne in time to like get to school in the morning which was like the deal that I made with my mum to be able to go on tour in the first place like it was kind of wild wow <laughs> yeah that's intense yeah how'd you go in your, in your whatever it's called in, what's it called uh, VCE VCE yeah I actually here. Yeah. yeah I actually was really happy with how I went I kind of ended up taking the second half of year 12 off to just like kind of get through that like end of school thing yeah sure and I don't regret it at all and I feel like even if like just like the idea of like cool all this stuff's going on there's all this momentum and then being like okay I'm just gonna stop for six months and not do anything at the time I was like I couldn't see past the, the opportunities that I was missing out on yeah, but in hindsight I think there was kind of a real power in just being like I'm not beholden to like radio playlisting I'm not beholden to any kind of like industry hype or whatever yeah. and I'm gonna just kind of do this on my own terms and make the records that I want to make when I want to do them and like not be too like yeah just be able to like call the shots a little bit which like when you're 17 and you've suddenly got like songs on high rotation on the radio and suddenly festivals want to book you and all of that stuff you're like caught up in this whirlwind of like the thing that you've dreamt about forever presenting itself to you and just kind of feeling like you have to say yes to everything because it's finally here this thing that I've waited for forever but that can be really hard in itself, just like going from zero to a hundred straight away, especially being like a anxious teenager that wasn't super like 
yeah, just didn't really have much experience in that before it all happened. So year 12's over. It's out of the picture, yeah. you're done. You're gone. You're at the, you're at the next stage with the next chapter. Where do you go from there? So year 12 finished, and then I had like two weeks, and then we went on tour again, got to do Laneway. That was amazing. Oh, wow, yeah. And then I kind of like went on a holiday with my friends, like did the kind of like end of year 12, like lived that life for a second then yeah. came back home got to go on tour with M83 my favourite band in the world that was like a real another real special time and then from then I was like alright I'm just going to figure out what I want to do and I kind of like started uni twice dropped out once and deferred the other time just kind of like tried to figure out what the like what I was going to make next and like yeah I just spent yeah spent a lot of time just making music and experimenting and, and like deciding what I wanted to yeah what I wanted to do yeah how did like collaborating with other artists and stuff like that factor in because like obviously that's been uh, a big part of the work you've been doing in the last few years in particular yeah I mean I guess all the Japanese wallpaper music up until quite recently has been collaborative with other singers and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's always been like something I've really liked and although like the stuff that I'm doing for myself at the moment doesn't really that doesn't really factor in too much to the equation um, I've been able to like find that elsewhere like been really lucky to be uh, get to work with All Day a bunch and his yeah. music and like that's been like one of the most like special and fruitful like collaborations and like just like he's like one of my best friends and that's been a really special time and then also um, on Twitter yeah, yeah right. he just kind of hit me up and was like let's do something and I didn't really know much of his music up until that point and I don't really I feel like hip hop isn't ha- uh, at least at this point hasn't really been part of like my musical education and it yeah. isn't really something that I would say that I know too much about or like listen to a lot yeah. and I just remember being like okay I'm working with All Day like Spotify like hip hop playlist like what's what do I need to know about this and I was like really stressed because like he was like the most famous rapper in the country like wants to work with me and I've never done anything like that in my life but it ended up being really nice the first day we met we just kind of like he came over to my place we listened to a bunch of Jamie XX we had this really good falafel just like made a few like things one of them became that In Motion song that was on his yeah. record last year. And then since then, we've just been, like, writing a lot and just making a lot of music together, which I think a few of those songs will kind of... might see the light of day in the next kind of year or so, which is kind of exciting. And through him, I met Grace Molrat, which is, like, another, like, awesome, beautiful person in my life. And I've um, been working with her a bunch as well, which has been pretty special. Um, and through those kind of things I kind of realized like well I do like touring a lot and I do feel very privileged to be able to like go out and do it and play shows to people that care about it and like be able to like get these kind of crazy support slots of people like Lily Allen and all of that the thing that I love the most is being in the studio and like making records with my friends and like um, that kind of like avenue of like oh maybe I could just like or maybe maybe I could also be a producer and like get to 
work with other people and like make their records and stuff yeah. kind of popped up and I've been really lucky to be doing that a bunch in the last kind of year as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then most recently you joined Kelso with yeah. uh, friends of the show uh, Kelly from <laughs> Camp Hope and Xavier from the, the Max Quinn band. Wow, friends of the show. Oh, yeah, long time cool. friends of the show. They're Great. Nice. Love, love yeah. those too. Uh, yeah, so do I. Guests at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how did you become involved with those two? Um, I met Xavi through Max, who is another beautiful person. Yeah. Uh, Max Quinn from yeah, who I met when all the Triple J on Earth stuff happened with my music, and we just like became really good friends and like. We like a lot of the same stuff, and I think at the same time he met Kelly and they'd started writing together and the Kelso project kind of came up. And then one morning I woke up and I had this like message request from Kelly being like, hey, do you want to be in my band? Like, your stuff reminds me of the Postal Service or something, and like, I think you would be good in my band. And I was like, okay, great, like, let's do it. Because I love the Camp Cope records, and I think like... Yeah, that's some of the most like compelling songwriting and like live performance and all that stuff that I'd seen in a while, and I was just like really stoked. And like since then, we've all become just like really great friends. I love making music with them. Kelso is really special because for all of us, it's like not our like it's not like the be all and end all of our like musical lives and output and career and all that stuff. So we're really lucky to be able to just kind of do the things that we want to do and like not be too kind of caught up in like the industry side of it or like just anything other than just like making music with your pals and like doing what feels right and fun and yeah. good and yeah <laughs> it's like really special do you feel like it's important to have that sense of perspective you know no matter what kind of like crazy opportunities come up or you know like you know whatever shows you might be playing to like not forget where you came from and the kind of like yeah. just to start doing this sort of music and, and creating it yeah absolutely I think it's really grounding as well like I guess like the Japanese wallpaper touring thing has kind of expanded a lot where like on a headline run there's kind of like eight or like six to eight people on the road and like you know there's like sound lights all that stuff yeah. and it's kind of like become a lot bigger than just like me and the show. Yeah. Or, like, me and, like, playing the songs, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's nice, Kelso, like, playing a show at, like, the old bar where they're just, like, no sound checks, fuck you, like, just do, like, <laughs> like you know, that kind of thing, and just, like, rock up, plug in, and, like, there's not all this big, like, planning that goes into it, or, like, you just kind of, yeah, just, like, get to, like, stand up and, like, play songs, and yeah. it's really special. Where do you see things going from here, like, uh... You know, obviously you've got a bunch of different projects and things going on at any given time. Like, uh, are you the kind of person that knows what you're doing in 2020, or is it kind of? Just I've got like, no idea. <laughs> Hopefully, like, with any luck, just like playing shows, making records. I mean, a couple of the like other projects that I'm really excited about at the moment is like been making this like just a bunch of music with my friend Eilish Gilligan. That's oh, cool. been like yeah. really special, and she's just like yeah I'm really excited to to release some of that and for people to kind of hear it because I think it's awesome and also been making a record with that band Cry Club um, which yeah they're some new friends but like really really special and yeah excited for some of that as well yeah and then I've got I guess my records coming out sometime this year 
and then just play a million shows and hopefully sleep at some point <laughs> in the future. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah. Thank okay, you. We'll, we'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this all of my guests, and now it's your turn. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played in your entire life. The best show I've ever played, well, there are a couple. I think that tour that we got to play with M83 was really yeah. special. We just kind of felt like really good about it and there were some really fun shows. Is that Yeah. And then the other most recent best show that we played was in Seattle in November. I've wanted to go to Seattle my whole life because I love Death Cab and I just want to... Oh, right. Yeah, I was just like, like... Were you a grunge kid? <laughs> no, I missed... I, yeah, we got to Seattle and everyone wanted to tell us about Nirvana. I was like, I fucking don't care about this. I just want to know, like... Where did, like, Ben Gibbard, like, go to uni or whatever? Yeah, yeah. That was really fun. Like, you never really expect to be on the other side of the world and have people, like, know the songs or, like, care, but they somehow really did, and that was incredible. One of the worst shows... Yeah, I feel like there have been... Like, all the early ones kind of would definitely be up there in the worst shows category. There was one where, like, we were playing Gusso upstairs and there might have been, like, four people in the room. Two of them were my parents. Like, that kind of vibe. Um, so that definitely wasn't wasn't a great one, but hopefully that's, like, well and truly in the past and not, not coming back up again anytime soon. Yeah. Well, do your parents stick to music? I think they do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like... I think my parents are the kind of people that if they didn't, they would still tell me that they did. Yeah. Which, like, that's the best. So, like, I, I hope they do. <laughs> yeah. This single is fooling around. It is out now. It will be out still by the time that this comes out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful song. Definitely my favorite Thanks so much. put out. Wow. Uh, really, really did it, man. Thanks. Um, and, yeah, as you mentioned, there will be a full-length Japanese paper record at some stage this year and a bunch of other shit, but... Uh, uh, is there anything particularly you'd like to plug or spurt before we get out of here? Um, not that I can think of. Playing shows with Lily Allen this week. If the podcast is up by then, I think we sound really good. I know it's like not cool to say that, but I really do think it. Um, and we're playing like a bunch of beautiful venues, and I feel really lucky. Yeah, and amazing. come say hi if you come to a show. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a headliner planned yet? Or? Um, we do, but nothing announced yet, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll, yeah, it'll you'll be know about year. it, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, until cool. then, Gab, thank you so, so much for your time today. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much. I'm Debbie James Young, and all my friends are about it.